Hello, hello, and welcome back to Perfection Ponders, where I am your host, Perfection, and I will be pondering. This is episode two, Pride. So if you've been with us over the past episode, at least, (laughs) we're not very far in, so, you know, I can't really say the past few. But if you were here in the last episode, you would know that these next few episodes are dedicated to those uncomfortable feelings that we aren't really taught to deal with. We don't really have a space to talk about it because everybody finds it so uncomfortable. Um, I think that really our society in every aspect, whether it's family, whether it's school, whether it's friends, should all be teaching us how to deal with these emotions. But, you know, we got to realize, we got to recognize that a lot of those people who we expect to teach us haven't had that experience weren't given the opportunity to understand truly what and why these feelings are and how to address them. So here we're creating a space where we could really talk about and really feel the feelings that we feel, particularly those uncomfortable ones. And through that experience, try to understand how to address it, what's the best way of managing them. Um, But yeah, so this week, As stated a few moments ago, we're talking about pride. So for starters, I want to acknowledge pride is a great feeling. It feels great to look back at yourself and be like, wow, I accomplished this myself. I was capable of something. I achieved something. Uh, I was able to honor someone that is important to me. Pride is a very good feeling when you're able to accomplish it nine times out of ten. But we also have to acknowledge that there's a point where pride supersedes logic efficiency and even self-preservation and that's the point where danger lies in this episode we're going to go over four main topics Um, the first is asking for help versus struggling the second is praising struggle and the third is uh, committing to toxic situations out of feeling of responsibility Uh, so i'd say toxic responsibility and the last is confrontation Asking for help versus struggling. I know that in a lot of communities around the world, even the one that I grew up in, there's this fear of being the weak link. It is expected that you contribute to your community in some kind of way, particularly a really substantial way. There's an expectation that you can't be lazy. You have to be doing something productive, something beneficial to your community. So there's this huge fear of being the weak link. And I feel like a lot of times... There's a misunderstanding between what actually presents you as a weak link. A lot of times people think that asking for help makes you seem like you're weak. And that is simply not the truth. Asking for help is a strength. If a resource is available to you, use it. I remember back in high school. So actually when I was studying to go to high school, I was in this program. It was a program that prepared us for college preparatory school. So I remember when they were tutoring us to be able to understand that environment, they encouraged us. They were like, hey, you guys are going to have this thing called consultation, and your teacher is going to invite you to it. And essentially, it's like after school time or whatever, just like, let's say, a 10-minute period where you can ask your teacher whatever questions you want to ask. You ask them for help. And they were like, yo, just go. Anytime it was available to you, just go. And just showing up in and of itself, you could have got extra credit for it. So that was a strange idea to me, honestly speaking. 
before high school, elementary, middle school, I never in my life thought, oh, if I didn't understand something, I could go to the teacher outside of class time and ask them for help. Even when you're in class, you know, a lot of kids don't feel comfortable with asking a teacher for help because they don't want to look like someone who doesn't know what's going on. They don't want to feel like the only person who doesn't really understand what's happening. But realistically, asking for help, like I said, is a strength. You gain so much from being efficient. There are things that are already exist. There are things that people already understand. And if you go to the source and you ask for help, or if you use what is already available to you, you're saving time. I'm not going to lie. There are times where you know you want to do things yourself because maybe it's not exactly the way you want it and the ways that you found it. But something, a conversation I had with my father one time, just understanding the fact that you can't really do everything by yourself. So sometimes they're not going to have to be perfect, and that's fine, as long as they're functional. But, you know, within reason, of course. (laughs) But for efficiency, you have to be willing to take the help of those around you. You have to be willing to inoculate other things into your life in the way in which that they are useful. It's perfectly fine to ask for help, to receive help, to incorporate help, and honestly, it's a thousand times more efficient. This is like saying you want to screw, like, screw something into a wall, right? And you have a screwdriver, but you're like, oh, nah, like, I just I just want to use my hand. Like, it doesn't make much sense. I know when I was in college, I, I relearned this lesson again uh, when I was coding. There are so many templates out there that you could just literally copy and paste. I don't mean, like, actually, honestly, there are full websites you can copy and paste when you look into it. There's a, a bunch of... Um, Websites with website templates on them. Bootstrap is a, is a big one. Everyone goes to that. Honestly, 95% of coding is using a template. Um, we even have uh, design patterns. You know, this is just to say that if the template exists, if the help exists, just utilize it, really. Um, like I said, there are times you might want to do it yourself. That's perfectly fine. But you can't do everything. So allocate your time. But don't ever put down asking for help. That does not make you the weak link at all. If anything, that makes you stronger. All right, next topic is praising struggles. Parents and their struggle, bro. So you know when you're young and your parent is like, oh, when I was young, I used to walk blah, blah amount of miles to get to school. I barely had food, yada, yada, yada. And then they tell you about how they came up and, you know, how they made this life or whatever for us to be happier or whatever, a derivative of that you may have heard. I know this is not everyone's lived experience, but I can guarantee you that it is a lot of people's lived experience. Um, Or at least you've heard friends who've had that story told to them. And also sometimes maybe parents don't really say that all the time, but you could see that they they went through that. You saw the struggle, you was there for it, and you could reflect back to it. It is amazing. It's incredible. It's outstanding that people are capable of, you know, making something for themselves when they had little to start with. But it's also 100% okay to not to want to. It's okay to put yourself in positions of ease and comfort if that lifestyle of struggle is not for you, don't let anyone convince you that stress is a byproduct of success. It's okay to fight, and it's okay to struggle for what you desire, and it's also okay not to. 
So being that we got into the whole <laughs> parent struggle topic, I feel like that's a good segue into this next one. Um, committing to toxic situations out of feelings of responsibility. I find that concepts of tradition, honor, and dignity compel us to live lives for others at the sacrifice of ourselves, our mental health, our independence. Here is where we enter an interesting space where cultures often debate the significance of community versus independence. The U.S. being the leading frontier on this drive towards independence. But I have to admit, as amazing as community is, how amazing is it truly if its components, if the people of it, are tormented by their inability to exceed expectations? I can't speak for the U.S., but internationally, this is a common phenomenon. Parents will sacrifice their entire lives for their children to live better than they did, and they'll justify bringing these children into the world because they're expected to by their parents. While children feel obligated to repay those sacrifices by becoming a profitable investment at the cost of their own mental health and adolescent experiences, the same sacrifices made by their parents. And the worst pain is not being able to accomplish those feats, feeling as though we fail the ones we love most. Personally, my college experience, initially I went because, as I said, I attended a college preparatory program uh, by my own choice um, that encouraged me. The goal was to get into college. So my own pride, my communal pride and my own pride, honestly, now that I think back to it, it was my um, middle school principal who basically peer pressured me into getting into the program because I had some interest in it, but she, like, literally, I was late on the application and she printed one out in the moment because she asked me if I applied. She printed one out in the moment. She's like, here, sign this and, and do the program. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so through that experience, initially my going to college was really a pride thing. It was like, oh, I, I started a journey. I want to finish it. Um, that's also why I ended up at the college that I ended up at, which probably wasn't the greatest choice. But once I realized, you know, that wasn't a place I wanted to be anymore and I just wanted to leave completely and maybe come back to this journey in a few years, um, what p pushed me to continue it really was my mom, or at least the thought of her um, and her opinion of me. And I, when I tell you college was one of, was the worst experience of my life, the worst four years of my life, it was, it was really extremely stressful. And at least to begin with, I started off working 20 to 30 hour weeks uh, trying to make enough money to pay for school. I pretty much overloaded every semester, so that's around 21 credits. And because at this point, I barely had a social life or was barely capable of maintaining a social life or any of the relationships around me, I found myself stuck in a extremely toxic relationship. There's definitely stuff that I could have changed myself, but I did feel like I was at the hands of a reality that I had little to no control over, mostly because I couldn't leave. I felt like I couldn't leave college when I really wanted to. If I were to go back, would I change my experience or like would I live that experience again? No, not at all. I personally don't think college is worth it. Personally, I think that if you want to go to college, you should know exactly what you want to go to college for. Well, depending 
on your financial situation. <laughs> but that's a conversation for another day. Right now, I'm reflecting on my college experience because I acknowledge that if I were to go back, I wouldn't really do that again. I wouldn't subject myself to that again. But what's done is done. And, you know, it led me to where I am now. But what I do know is that reflecting on it going forward, I will not be doing that again. I will always be choosing myself first. I will always be doing things for myself just because my mental health has improved so much, so much since I've left. I've been messing around with interests that I've had all my life and I, I feel more at peace. I feel like I'm finding myself and I don't feel lost. I don't feel like I'm running in circles. Even when I fail, I still feel accomplished because I know it was something I've always wanted to try. I feel like there's a tangible goal that doesn't feel redundant to the extreme that four years is. It's in this moment where I encourage you you listening, you, <laughs> to break tradition. One time I heard someone define tradition as peer pressure from the dead, and I thought that was so funny. Like, I thought it, it really got across what tradition really is. Obviously, don't get me wrong, um, tradition holds its value. Many traditional practices connect communities, bring them together whilst creating intimate memories between their members. But some serve mostly to guilt and scare the members into conformity. Although fueled by intense passion, relationships built on guilt and fear are often unpredictable, unstable, and fragile. So try to minimize your expectations of others, particularly your closest loved ones, and give less power to the expectations that they have for you. I'm not talking about the basics. Be kind, be considerate, have respect for those which surround you. Like, that, that's basic. That's something that you should know how to do from the jump. But I'm talking about be the doctor. Be a millionaire. Only be positive. Don't show emotion. Conform to social norm. Be a man. Be a woman. Be masculine. Be feminine. Do this, do that. Like, when you give ears to all the different opinions, you risk losing yourself and succumbing to the void of option paralysis or just living a life that you loathe. And you risk being the catalyst to that experience for someone you care for every time you superimpose your opinions upon them. Quiet the thoughts for a moment, ground yourself, then consider what you desire. I understand that everyone has a responsibility and an obligation or a, a feel of obligation to their lived experiences, but to what extent? If you can't manage it, if you can't control it, then maybe you need to step away, even if just for a moment, even if just for a couple days, to reground yourself. Because like I said before, what is a community if the parts of that community are in shambles? It can't be functional. You have a machine working and there's a cog in it, or something's broken, it can't be functional. So you have to adjust yourself first, make sure that you're okay first, in order for you to build a healthy community. All right, so the last topic we got here is confrontation. And, bro, this one is, like, really funny to me personally. I think I'm typically pretty good with confrontation. I feel all the uncomfortable feelings that people feel with confrontation. And yet, I look past that. I shut down my ego. And I try to look at things for what they are. So this one, this topic, I think, can be a pretty straightforward one. And I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet. 
all in all, what I'm asking of you is that every time you get into a confrontation, just do three things. Pause, breathe, and think. We will always face confrontation, and it will always be uncomfortable, and that's normal. Feel your feelings, live in that. But we don't have to be defensive about it. When faced with confrontation, such as rejection, disagreement, accusations, and even insults, I want you to pause, breathe, and think. Ask yourself, is this person trying to harm me? Or are they trying to express their own feelings? Or is it a combination of both? Is the way I currently want to respond reflective of how I really feel or how I want to be perceived? What are the repercussions of my response, of my actions? How does this whole situation make me feel? Did I actually understand them well? Or is this all just a misunderstanding? Then I want you to feel free to express to that person ex in that moment exactly what you thought of, exactly what you're feeling, how the interaction makes you feel, and ask them clarifying questions to better understand the situation. Quite often, I've seen trivial disagreements, trivial disagreements, even a simple misunderstanding become full-fledged arguments and foster lifetimes of resentment just because either party couldn't take a moment to be practical. This is so real. I feel like we can go deeper into this one. I might, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to make it another conversation um, because I could, I could give you tools and ways to go about it to better understand. But hey, be non-biased in a moment. Take yourself out of the feels, out of all the emotions you're feeling. Take a step back and be a third party. Put yourself in that place and try to see it from a third person perspective. Don't let your pride control you. You sit there and you get all tight-lipped or you you act out and you impulsively and you get you quick to anger. You can lose the trust of someone that you really care for. And are you truly willing to sacrifice that? People fail to realize that trust is not easily regained once lost. Oftentimes it is permanent. So it's best that before you do something that will jeopardize that relationship, you consider how valuable that relationship is to you. Hey, if you need a moment, if you just want to stop talking for a moment and then go reflect and then come back to it, then do that. And then also don't keep all the information to yourself talk about it be open again if you need the moment to step away and reflect sure but always come back to it make sure you come back to it as soon as possible as soon as you're ready this is how you foster trust trust this is how you foster healthy relationships confrontation will always occur you need to learn how to deal with it how to manage it and it does not honestly honestly you are so much more impressive you are so much more intriguing you seem so much more mature when you're able to properly interact with confrontation that is that is that is beautiful that is impressive like i'm so intrigued by that so many people are so intrigued by that so impressed people look up to you when you're able to conduct yourself properly in that kind of environment in that kind of situation 
it's impressive. Not many people are, are truly capable of it. Don't let your pride control you. All right, that's it. That's the end of this spiel for today. I hope you enjoyed. Check out my Instagram for this channel. It's called Perfection Ponders. And, you know, I want you guys, like I said, this is a conversation. So if you have something to contribute, you are more than welcome. I want to hear your opinions. I want to know what you're thinking. I'll see ya. Doses. <laughs>